What is up, ACL Nation? Welcome into Baggin' and Bragging episode number nine. We're going to be going over clips from New Mexico. That was open number seven. And I got to say, Mish, this was one of the opens that had probably the most highlights ever. I think on day two, I was at like 67 clips as far as instant replays go. So I'm going to try and whittle that down to five. We also got a great interview today, America's Sweetheart, for Valentine's Day. We're going to bring in Anthony Ione, the professor. He's going to talk about his rise to stardom. And we're going to do a little quick recap on the open shootout and Super Bowl. Mish, you guys looked radiant. You guys had a great time. <laughs> That's because you didn't really watch it. That's why you say it. that, right? I didn't get a chance to watch it. I, I tried watching it, but uh, there was just no way for me to get ESPN2 app uh, available to me. So I, I watched it on Layden Crabtree's phone. <laughs> had to FaceTime him to show the screen and then his phone died. Like I, of course I wanted to watch the Ryden Wienfeld match and then his phone died, but Oh my goodness. Yeah. I didn't get to see the end of it. And then I just kind of updated myself on Facebook as we went, but it looked amazing. It looked like you guys had a blast. Yeah. And you know, I kind of, we kind of wanted the detail of the party on around the ACL. So I don't want to duplicate content too no. much. I'll just say that it was crazy because when I was looking around, I was like, talking to Fred and his wife, Stephanie. And I was like, what is going, like, where are we? Like, what is happening mm -hmm. right now? And Stephanie said, just rich people doing rich people things. And I said, well, then I'm glad to be their entertainment. Cause yeah. like, this is like insane. What we're like, I didn't even know what to do, you know, because we, the party started at six. The broadcast wasn't till 1030. It was four and a half hours. Meanwhile, we can't drink because we have to be professional. Have to work, yeah. You have to work. Um, and then, you know, there's tons of food and stuff. But like, as Anthony will tell you in the interview, like, you're a little bit shy to like, eat too much food before you're going to go on like live television, right? Because like, there's really no time to go to the bathroom or anything, by the way. So it's like, even drinking water, you're like, kind of like, oh, you can't get too crazy. You're scared. Yeah. yeah, you're like, really worried. So I'm kind of just like, what do I do? <laughs> just kind of walking around like a fish out of water. Like we definitely, I think a lot of us cornhole people felt like we didn't necessarily belong in the room. Uh, yeah, I'll never forget whenever I went out to Airmail City and hung out with Shamar Moore and them. Like, shout out by the way to Shamar, congratulations on the baby. Um, but whenever I went out there and hung out with all the Hollywood stars and like I was, I felt like I didn't belong there. Windsor just walking around because he's been there plenty of times. And I'm yeah, like, all comfortable. Like, opening like, the fridge. Do, yeah, how do I ask a millionaire if I can get a bottle of water? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to like maintain my manners like hey can i get a bottle of water but then like he's do you think i care about that penny compared to what i got going on and then meanwhile two feet over to my left there's a chef doing a tiktok live video about what he's cooking and i'm like oh my gosh yeah i i don't even know how to be rich so that just basically tells me my destiny is to be poor my entire life and oh no along the way oh no you you'll be just fine you you'll, you'll pick it up uh because even though i felt like you know, necessarily belong there. My self-talk is always like, fake mm -hmm. it till you make it, right? Like, yo, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is the room I'm supposed to be in. These are the people I'm supposed to be around. Like, I fit right in, even though I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll never forget whenever um, we were playing in a cornhole tournament, a charity tournament for Jason Mott Foundation. And it was really surreal because I'm sitting there playing bags and I'm winning the championship, right? This is the one that I won, but I'm, my moment isn't even winning the championship. My moment is watching this baseball player, Colton Wong, over to the right, get excited whenever I hit a shot. 
like I normally get excited when he like has a diving catch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So totally. he's watching me and my element getting excited. I'm watching him and his element. It's it's so weird whenever you know the the flip is the script is flipped and we actually yeah. become the celebrity in the entertainment. So yeah, and yeah, I'll tell weird. you, like you know, we talked about how to pick the lines and in, in, in the celebrity game, and you said. Or I said, I don't even know how you pick it. And you said, I do. I'm going with the with the uh, uh, Justin Turner because he's a, um, what's his position? Infielder. Yeah. Infielder. Yeah. And so when he won uh, and I interviewed him, I said, you know, I think I asked him something like, what do you credit your success to tonight? And he, he said something along the lines of, I'm an infielder. Like, I'm used to this pitch. Um, and so he did he did mention that, which I thought, hey, that's what Wally says smart. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you shouted me out on ESPN. I love it. Thank you. I absolutely much. did not. Yeah. Ah. I just pretended like we've never met. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for, to brag. Although you said you don't even have anything to brag about. I mean, I got some stuff I could do, but I mean, like, it's nothing super spectacular. braggy. I mean, I could brag. I have something pit. to brag about. Are you ready? Go ahead. Uh, I told, I was telling you that it's been difficult to sort of process this, like achieving goals because I have, what people might not know is that I have been on a, a path to get in the media for the last 10 plus years. Now I didn't know I was going to be be through cornhole, but I thought it was going to be through my weight loss business. But the point is that I have uh, been trying to get TV time for 10 plus years. That's been my goal. Uh, and it's kind of crazy because when it finally happened, which I guess technically was Spencer McKenzie's, well, it was ESPN three. So it was on a streaming service. TV's um, TV. Yeah. I don't know if I really counted that necessarily. Cause I was kind of like auditioning. Um, but then obviously in Myrtle beach was like my first, like, on ESPN2 Live where people could turn on their TV and watch it. And um, there was so much going on and it was so chaotic. And so it kind of just like went by. And then this one happened and same thing. There was so much going on that just like went by. So I guess what I want to say is that I want to brag on, on the fact that I have been working towards this goal for a long time and I actually achieved it. <laughs> Proud of Yay. you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't know if I ever want the spot. Like, I, I love attention. You know, don't get me wrong. I like making it all about me. But I don't know if I ever want it to be to the point where I could get, I could get dissected for messing something up. <laughs> but I, I yeah, think well, that's already happened, talent. by the way, TV or not. I've never messed up, no. Yeah, well, I mean, even if you don't mess up, like people be like, I didn't like his hat yeah, yeah. or I didn't like his laugh. I mean, like, yeah. it's just no matter what, you're going to get torn apart. And I don't think you can avoid that TV or not. Obviously, I'm exposing myself more. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, That's I'm really comfortable on live television for whatever nice. reason. And so I just like it there. Yeah, for me, it's kind of like baseball, though. Like, you don't boo the players that aren't good. You only no. boo, you only boo the players that are good that are on the other team. So yeah, yeah true. I'm gonna I'm gonna embrace all my haters respectively. But I mean, I, I yeah, I don't really have much to brag about. I mean, other than bragging about you on the TV and killing it. Um, I, I got my ACL debit card finally. So oh, I did. Cool. I did. I actually, I forgot about that. Thank yeah, you for reminding so, me. <laughs> so so I, I've made it in that regards to where I, I'm officially part of the team. They trust me with their financials. But uh, 
I guess if anything, I'm bragging on my bets. I mean, I, I called the Chiefs plus. Um, I called the over, and then the Justin Turner pick looked to be pretty good. Um, Who my, did you pick? Did you pick um, Malone or Graham or Streaker or Bubenheim? Like, did you pick any of those? I, I think I think I was going to stay away from Bubenheim and Streaker. Okay. Um, because of basically Rosie's second strings, you know, and Cheyenne's just Cheyenne. Um, if I would have chose, I would have taken the Ryans. Um, obviously that wasn't a betting option, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I had fun. I got to give a shout out to, uh, Shane and Jeremy and Bridget. They, they came in last minute, give me a place to go watch the Super Bowl, And it was really fun watching the Super Bowl here in Kansas city. And actually that's something I'm gonna brag about real quick. I, uh, haven't been playing much bags as we talked about again, went to the, the Super Bowl party, saw some sorcerers sitting there on the table. I said, all right, Shane. Shane tried out in the qualifier and had a pretty good run. I said, let's let's play a game real quick. I said, I got to get going. I got to get back in this game, you know. I beat him. I beat him 21 to 12. I was Man, those sorcerers, so I'm telling you. They're magic right now. I'm just yeah, enjoying magic. I'm just enjoying the airmail with the sorcerers. I don't know We why. should brag on the sorcerers because I was telling someone yeah. else. I was asking someone because my friend throws warlocks. And I was asking her husband, did you get her a set of sorcerers? And he's like, no. And I'm like, I feel like she really like him. And he said, everybody likes them. I haven't met yeah. one person that doesn't like them. He goes, they're cheater bags. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, so I got I got five sets left here behind me. I'm going to keep one, obviously. And then um, starting tomorrow, I guess, whenever this airs, we're going to do the fundraiser for Wadenfeld and Lisa Reese. So uh, everybody check out K9 Unit Cornhole. We're going to try and raise some money to help them with their battle for cancer and loss of his father. And then. Um, anybody who participated in the BG collab going forward from the 1st to the 14th, your name automatically goes into an entry, and I'm just going to give away the set to somebody who supports me. So support those hey, who support you. Absolutely. And just uh, pick, piggybacking off of that, Nick bought me the Sorceress bag because I've been using his. Mm -hmm. So I have my own Sorceress coming. Let's he said go. it was a Valentine's Day gift, so it's supposed to be here today. But we already know he forgets them anyway. So now you now you're in charge of bringing her. <laughs> no, but, but remember, he thought Valentine's Day was Wednesday. Oh yeah. And so was. maybe he thought they were gonna get there by Wednesday because technically they would have to show up today. But like, yeah. don't get me. I, I like, not don't get me flowers because I do appreciate flowers. <laughs> but if I had to choose between flowers or cornhole bags, especially sorcerers, my own set, I'm gonna I go with sorcerers. Sorcerers might be cheaper too. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, sometimes you get. You can get like a dozen roses for like a oh, he's a dollar sometimes. No, he's he just buys me like a bouquet every year, so I, yeah. I doubt it's more expensive. But well, I'm, I'm, I'm Hawaiian, not complaining. Hawaiian bros and Dairy Queen. That's what I'm treating myself for. Get it, Day. get it, Wally. <laughs> All right, we'll be back right after this. All right, we are going to dive into these clips from open number seven. As Wally mentioned, there were so many to choose from, and we got a lot of amazing clips from our youngsters. <laughs> so uh, a really cool event, but let's go ahead and get into number five. Yeah, number five, um, one of the hottest youngsters on the planet right now. Uh, Isabella Soprenant, I think, is just throwing absolutely lights out no matter where she's at. I see her on TikTok and Facebook throwing every single day. And it is showing up on the boards. Um, Dylan Turpin was thrown very, very well. This is just kind of a, a snippet of how Bella's weekend went. I think out of the 70 or 80 highlights I had, probably just five or six of them that were Bella. But 
I kind of wanted to highlight this round and just kind of show you that she's got the whole game right now kind of figured out. She's she's throwing a perfect blocker, so right away, 15-14 score here. She's dictating how the rest of this game is going to go. Um, Dylan kind of buys into it here with the first bag, which rightfully so. You want to come with the back block. And then Bella skill um, and brains I love, takes over. I love this frame where I paused mm -hmm. it. Like, look at that bag. It's so perfectly flat. I just, we can yeah, just marvel he's at got, it. He's got a great form. Look at that, too. Yeah, it's beautiful. All right, here we go. So back block here pushes Bella's bag a little bit more into the hole. Yep, and Bella already knowing that she's got the front of the hole established. She's going to go with that back block, forcing Dylan to make the first decision. He does go up top, and Bella's stepping out exactly where she wants to. Her landing spot right now is what's doing it for her. She is able to put the bag where she wants it on the board. If she wants to throw a blocker, she's throwing that. And the one thing that I've seen, <clears throat> excuse me, over the last two weeks, that's just very, very impressive with Bella. I mean, that roll is always there. That's yeah. the that's the Bella roll. And I wish I would have kind of clipped a airmail, but Bella's airmail right now mm -hmm. is just lights out. She is she's throwing it at the right times. She's not afraid to throw it in difficult situations. I believe later on in this open in uh, the same singles bracket, she took on Carson. There were a couple of airmails that she had to hit just to stay alive, and she hit them. Um, and then at Winterfest, she was probably the best player there. Just remarkable the way that her game has evolved in the last month or two. She lands right on Stevie yeah, for that no, roll. Good old Stevie. Right on Stevie, and it rolls on in. But uh, I also wanted to bring up this question here, Michelle. I'm giving you one game. Are you taking Carpet Bella or Carpet Cheyenne? Oh, Carpet Bella. Yeah. So, yeah, Carpet Bella could be at the top of the food chain. We talked earlier in the season about Samantha Finley in my number one spot. Then Rosie Streaker got to the number one spot. Um, Cheyenne's just always there, but uh, Bella's making a name. And then, yeah. unfortunately, I didn't get a clip of Yeti. I got to give a shout-out to Yeti. She was the, able to win the women's open here. Yeah, and I would say that the reason why I'm choosing Bella over Cheyenne with Carpet is because although Cheyenne threw really well in the shootout and did win it with Carpet, um, it wasn't because, it, but Rosie wasn't throwing her best. Mm. So, you know, even though Cheyenne did win, it wasn't against the way Rosie's been playing the last game. few. Okay. No. And so until I see, I want to see Cheyenne play with carpet against someone who is like really in the zone and then yeah. see what happens. And I feel like a Bella with carpet. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go Bella. Yeah. The path Bella's on right now. She's got plenty of women's championships. Um, to have the rest of the season, and I wouldn't mind putting some. Well, I guess I can't bet on her because she's too young. I can't bet anyway, of course. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, her taking out a national. Yeah. All right. Let's go to number four. Number four, we got nice, relaxed Ryan Windsor. <laughs> we got two different versions of Ryan Windsor on this same clip. So this shot right here for me is airmail all day long. Um, just, this just goes to show you how he knows exactly what his bags are doing. He's putting in the work. You see he's going slick side down with this bag. I'm thinking he's airmail on this bag. So I'm kind of confused while I'm commentating as why he's going slick side down. But he knows exactly how much grip is there and what he's got in his arsenal. Well, let's see it. Yeah, so slick side down, yeah, stick on stick. And then bag. just the way he hits it and starts chewing his gum right afterwards, too, was kind of kind of baller. And now we got a. Now we got the hoodie and the glasses. Yeah, the uh, Unabomber version. <laughs> First time seeing Chad Rowe deep. This is for the bracket. Um, Chad, right there. That's that was, quite, that that was, is like 
That's the biggest block you could ever put up. <laughs> that is the moment where he realized he had messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that thing is looks like miles high. Yeah, so of course you're gonna get it. There it is, deep landing yeah, spot. Set it up for him. <laughs> Chad can't help but give him some love. And then Windsor's just he's he's the best player in the game right now. Um Devin Harbaugh last month, Windsor this month. I I think we're just kind of trading off between elite sta- elite status players. Ooh. Ryan Windsor's on top of his game right now, throwing in the tens and eleven PPRs taking down brackets. Dangerous. I hope that we get all four of like the, I guess five of the elites at the end of the season, Windsor, Harbaugh, Hicks, Richards, Graham. I I hope they're all on top of their game at work. Yeah. So we get a really good matchup. Agreed. I mean, that's kind of what it is with the Super Bowl too, right? Like you always want to have a good Super Bowl and obviously the teams are good because they got all the way to the end, but you got to see that that happen then. All right. Set us up for this one. All right, so number three, we got kind of some no-names coming in here. We got Raymond and Desiree. Desiree's making a name for herself in the women's division. And uh, obviously, you know, Doug Zaft and Broden Ryrie. But uh, Desiree right now down 16-7. to seven. Ooh. Huge situation sitting here. It's kind of hard to see, but Doug already has one off the side. So they're trying to get back into this game. And things are setting up here for her. I have a difficult shot. But she hits it perfectly, gets them all to fall in there, collects five points, gets them right back in this game. This is kind of a three-part here. We got three clips for this one. It's crazy that that Viper didn't go. Like, she grabbed her bags right around each side of that Viper. Yeah, I actually even said on the broadcast while I was live, I was listening to myself. I was like, oh, three for one, good trade. And then I was like, oh, no, that's just a three and oh. She got all hers. Yeah, there it is. And then again, just able to kind of sneak in without taking in that bag. Um and that was basically for the win on the other end. Um, Raymond was able to get the one point to finish it off. But here's Raymond's big shot right here. Set up perfectly for the clap. Hits both corners. Woo! Gets it to go. It He's clap. fired up. Yep. Make it Making clap. it clap. <laughs> I live to see it. All right. Should have had Anthony stay on for uh, commentating for that one there. <laughs> oh, we didn't even think of that. Why didn't we do that? Missed opportunity. Wow. Wah, wah, wah. Right. Okay. Here, here we go. Number two. Well, you didn't have them ready. Well, no, yeah. Well, number two, people <laughs> behind the scenes don't need to know. Well, no, it just occurred to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, I dropped the ball pick, today. Fix that and post. <laughs> we'll edit that out. Wally had everything ready on time today. Wally was waiting on everyone else always. It's, it's Valentine's <laughs> Day. I had to take care of all the ladies first. You know how I roll. There's no All right, so come, shh, 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 I'm talking to me. <laughs> All right, clips number two and clips number one. I, I I couldn't do just one clip that lasted three or four minutes long because these two kids stole the show the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. The juniors division, remarkable. I mean, we we saw Michaela Calby, we saw Alex Hicks, we saw I guess Bella's what 16. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian Cripps just lights out. Doesn't matter what division he played in. Him and Bob Vonch teamed up for this one in doubles. That was fun. They just ran into the team that won it early in the bracket, so that's why we didn't get to see them much. But Ian got to the broadcast court. Um, I couldn't even tell you how many clips I have here in clip number two and one. We just kind of pieced a bunch together. But Ian Cripps and uh, Braden Wilson were the highlights for sure. And did you know Braden Wilson prior to this event? I did not. I did not. I, I think I've seen him around. But uh, Brayton Wilson at this event not only defeated Ian Cripps in the Juniors Championship, 
went all the way to face Carson Getty in his bracket final, defeated Alex Hicks in the bracket to get to that point, and had Carson down for quite a bit, but then Carson rightfully earned his championship by just coming in clutch at the very end of every single um, match to win the championship. But Braden Wilson very easily could have won this entire Open. Yeah, and that would have been that would have been phenomenal. I would have been all that would have been so cool. Yeah, I mean, not to take away from what he did, but yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. So we've got uh, Braden's bag in the middle of Ian's bags, kind of. Yeah, so Ian Ian's pretty much a five tool player right now. Ian's got the roll shot. He did this a few times throughout the weekend. Just landed perfectly on the pile for that short airmail, and then he, of course, he's got the clean airmail going backside if he needs to. And then um, kind of left this one a little bit long because Braden's roll is just on point. But then here's a strong oh, push. Oh, God, that cleanup. Yeah, That's... so just kind of shows you a little bit of everything in Ian's arsenal. And, again, this is only in the junior stuff. I could have gone back through the singles and could have had two or three minutes long clips from Ian. Nuts. All right, you ready for number one? Number one, yep. I mean, we got to go to the other side of that uh, coin. It's a Braden Wilson show. He's got everything that he showed me. Right here, phenomenal speed on his push, slick side collecting a couple bags there, controlling the board, um, kind of just forcing things however he wants it. Look at that! Oh cut. god, that's insane! That was such a deep didn't even cut. touch the bag in front. I mean, that is absolutely dirty. Yeah, and then Ian right here at this shot again, landing short airmail. He's happy with that, right? Yeah, he, he loves is, it. That's exactly where I wanted that shot to go. And Braden's like, huh, really? I'll show you. Really? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and put you where I want you. Right on the back. Of the oh, room. a bar soap. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love a good bar soap. And then there it is. The airmail to so seal the good. deal. Ten years old, people. Dude, I'll tell you what. Rich is doing it right with these youngsters. He has got... He's basically locked up cornhole for the next five, ten years if he wants these kids. Yeah, he's got, he's got all the studs he does. that are coming in. Yeah, and Braden... Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna. I might make a little bold prediction here and say Brayton Wilson could be a pro by the end of the, by well, the end of August. Gonna, maybe PDC, but I don't see how we're even gonna have any spots. I don't know. Somebody's gonna fall out, and Ian doesn't look like it's gonna be him. Did no. we move somebody up there age wise though? I mean, is it possible? I don't know. I, I have to oh, go back through and see who. Up. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got the Gores. They're not. Um, yeah. Bella is. Under 18. Weedon uh, Field. Fisher. Fisher. That's five. And then you have Alex Hicks, Ian Cripps. That's seven. Who's the eighth one that I'm missing? Yeah, I don't know. On the spot, I have no idea. Okay, but out of those seven, no one's aging out, right? How old is Fisher and, and uh, Ryan? Fisher might age out. Fisher might age Fisher. out? Okay, Ryan's that 16. Could... So it's, yeah, so we might have one. Move I'm up. not sure. Point wise, skill wise, definitely. He he's up there. I mean, he just went through these brackets like it was nothing. Every time I saw uh his name further and further in the bracket, I'm like, oh Braden Wilson, he's he's gonna got a Yeah, deep no, run I'm not crap. saying he's not talented enough to be a oh, pro. 100%. I just don't know of a spa open up which would put him in PDC. You also have um Adrian Brunson and Vincent Frisch there in the PDC that could grab one of those spots. So I mean it's gonna be difficult to see if there's a spot in the under under 18 section, but I think PDC for sure. Yeah, Braden throws like that though. He he deserves he Absolutely. deserves it. 
So I, I was I was very, very impressed with him this weekend. I wanted to make sure I get him on there. And again, I, I couldn't even show you all the shots he hit this at this. Open. I mean, I was watching it. He was incredible. I mean, whatever I could find on whatever you had on the live stream, I, I saw and yeah. absolutely spectacular. So you so haven't really congrats. had to like commentate like I do, where it's like a long, long day. You can kind of no. you know, like, go in where you choose. Like, I think it was the blind draw. I'm kind of just getting bored, right? I'm like, all right, we got, we got this guy. Oh, the 21, next game. All right, cool. And then Josh is like, do you want these, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you want these last three juniors matches? I'm like, sure. Like, it, Why it not? can't, it can't get any more boring for me than this, you know? And then just woke me up. Like, I was energized the entire weekend off of these three matches. So that's pretty crazy. It, it so, awesome. congrats to our junior players. We see you and we can't wait to watch you continue to be as spectacular as you are. Wow. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then uh, we'll be back after this. Welcome, everyone. We've got Anthony Ione here with us today. He has a bachelor's in mechanical engineering, 10 years as an aerospace design engineer, seven years in LED lighting technology, and other interests in home remodeling. Wait, I didn't know that. You do home remodeling? Oh, big time. Yeah, 20 years of that. It was like a, another side hustle. I, my whole life has always had a side hustle or two, Mish. Right now, cornhole is the side hustle. <laughs> yeah, we like, used wait. to... Uh, we used to flip spaces. So my wife was an interior designer. Uh, that was her uh, bachelor's in interior design. So man, starting at like maybe like 19 years old, flip spaces for cash, bathrooms, uh, you know, kitchens, entire spaces. Um, and then we ended up buying a, a house that we flipped the whole thing in. Oh yeah. You name it. Electrical, plumbing. Like oh, you're man, doing it or you're hiring oh, contractors? A hundred percent. Oh I, my I don't, goodness. Yeah. The only thing I, the only thing I, there's only two things I haven't done in probably 20 years. One, I won't do mud and texture just because I think that that takes like a special technique, you know, and it's that last coat. You want your walls to look really good. And then one okay. time I did a really cool outdoor fire pit, you know, a big fire pit. I ran the lines. I ran all of the, the gas lines, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring a guy in to just do the hookup. That's a little bit, you know, safety wise. I just want to make sure that that's all good. But uh, <laughs> makes yeah, sense. everything else, you name it, you name it. That's My man doesn't half-ass anything. Me, dude. <laughs> no. He is a grinder, man. He gets everything done. Yeah, so I actually kind of want to start off. I don't know if you guys had a chance to tune in to Borderline or not whenever Anthony was getting interviewed by them. That interview was a banger, bro. I got yeah. a bone to pick with Jeff and Bernie. And a cliffhanger. Oh, <laughs> they have got to work on their interview timing because I want to hear the rest of this story, Anthony, man. You're, you're phenomenal, dude. I, I've been uh, a follower from since day one before I was even on the scene. I kind of messaged you. Oh, I appreciate like, hey, that, dude. You're, you're killing it. I said, I'm going to be doing this at Worlds. I'd love to see you out there. And I met you out there. And, dude, it's been yes. a great friendship ever since, man. So hats off to everything that you've overcome to get to the point where you're at right now. And uh, congratulations, bro. You're, you're called up to the big leagues now. You're the voice that everyone is going to love on Cornhole for the rest of your life, whether you like it or not. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's uh, that was fun. So just time wise, we all, me and Mish just got back from Arizona for the shootout one and the Super Bowl one. So, um, yeah, we we kind of had our first. That was kind of our first run at that team, right? It was me, you, yeah. and Jeff. Uh, mixed it up a little bit, you know. We had uh, Mish new stuff just from the sideline reporting, like the voiceover. I wasn't like the voiceover of Davis Streaker, you know, like you just kind of came in and like 
I don't know if they have like a different audio in your ear, but I couldn't hear some of the communication coming back to you. So that's kind of cool. Just talking about people in the stands. And then of course the interviews out there and then me and you did an opener, which was different. I usually do those with, with Jeff. So we kind of did a little, a little pre, I think they were calling it a little pregame opener, but yeah, that was, that was a good time. Yeah. I'm excited for the whole season. We got eight more of those to go, I guess. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get the ESPN app because I still haven't seen it. But Anthony, oh, really? I'm sure you were radiant. I'm sure you're very radiant. Anthony and, was radiant. Now, nah, Mish, yeah. Mish is the yeah, Mish is the radiance. <laughs> Mish is the radiance. She carries <laughs> us. She carries us in that category. But no, hey, it'll I, was, be on... I was getting FOMO from watching Anthony's little pregame clips on his cell phone. He's walking around, you know, on the cornhole science, and he's. This is what we got going on over here. Look at this wall of Ferraris, and I'm just dude. Like, I gotta be there, man. Wally, it was nuts, man. Like from the very beginning, I pull up no parking. There was a valet thing there. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm valeting. And you know, my wife was there, Danny. And you know, they said, come dressed up. So we're dressed up and we pull in and there's this line of cars and it was like Beamer Audi. And then behind me was like a Land Rover. And I pull up in my little, my silver little, out of Nissan rental, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> throw the, throw the guy, the keys. I'm like, Hey, take care of that one. All right. The, no scratches or whatever. Something here yeah, doesn't belong. <laughs> as soon sure. as we get out of the car, it was like, it felt like red carpet service or, you know, there was this clear path, all these like bouncers and like people just like working. And then I hear cat from the back go, Hey, just wait a minute. I'll walk you in. It's easier. And I'm like, what are we getting into? But yeah, once we get through, they're like, it was VIP list only. You get checked in at the front. And then as soon as you walk through, like the, it was almost like a, I think it was like a garage door or something. But yeah, it was a warehouse walk, door. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, actually leading up to that, there was like this path and there's this guy just like live painting on this wall. And there's this like woman kind of, she almost looked like she was painted into the wall. So then when she would move, you were like, Whoa, what, what's going on there? That wall is moving. But yeah, once you move through the, uh, the doors, it was just like, bam, it was like, I felt like I was at some bougie, like a list, you know, party. There was a woman swinging from the ceiling, like pouring champagne, like Cirque du Soleil style. I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> And uh, yeah, the drinks were just the drinks were just flowing. Actors, not that we know, could have athletes. Them. <laughs> yeah, so no drinks for us. Couldn't even eat the food. You know, this fancy shrimp and like, you know, high grade sushi is coming around. Um, and I ate one of those, and Mish kind of gives me the look, and I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have eaten that. That's probably not a good idea to be eating all this raw food like right before you go on air. I you don't know what's gonna happen, right. but. Yeah, it was nuts. It was crazy, man. So let me tell you guys my viewing experience. Sounds like it was an amazing view for you guys, right? I'm laying in bed back in Illinois because I got to take my mom and daughter to the airport at 2 a.m. And it's like 1 o'clock when this is airing in Central or whatever. So late. Yeah. So then I have no ESPN, too. So I had to shout out to my guy, Landon Crabtree. I had to FaceTime him so he could show me the screen of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. My viewing oh experience my not so much, man, but congratulations, you guys. Like hey, it'll be on the ACL Digital Network, I guess, uh, Trey said, after yeah. 30 days. So even if you okay. don't have the ESPN app, you can catch it there, um, which I didn't know. I just learned that on yeah, <laughs> when I he can... said it on uh, the other day. But it was a pretty crazy party. But we want to talk cornhole. But before we get into that, Anthony, as we mentioned, on Borderline, you know, you got to tell a lot of your backstory and it did. It was a total cliffhanger. And I'll let them bring you back on to finish it. But the one question <laughs> I had when I listened to that story was, what do you think it is about you 
that you took your background, your history and made something of it as opposed to became a victim or, you know, because you have every excuse you could use, right? Like to be not very successful in life. You could say, well, I had, you know, this to overcome and this to overcome, but you don't. And you are very successful. So what do you think it was about you that helped you go that direction? Yeah, I, I think there's two ways to look at it. You know, you can <clears throat> you can be exposed to whatever you are in your childhood and say, this is what not to do, or this is what I don't want to be. Or you can say that this is just my life. You know, this is it. So for me, it was, it just seemed clear from the very beginning that this just wasn't me. We were, you know, just, a, you know, we were extremely poor. We grew up in really bad areas, um, you know all fathers that came into my life ended up in jail or prison. Um, you know, my mom was basically raising three kids by herself on no education. So it was really, really rough. And I was just like, I don't want that to be me. Um, so I don't know. I just, school came easy. The, the, the curriculum processed, I was able to, you know, graduate, you know, in the top percentage of my class, working full time. So that helped. I think that helped. And not everybody can do that. Not everyone. And my kids struggle sometimes too, you know, not everyone can process school really well. So that was huge for me. Um, yeah. So I knew, I knew on the backside where I wanted to be, wasn't what I was living. Uh, so just got it done. You know, I paid cash for college semester by semester hustling, doing my, you know, multiple jobs, paid cash for, for college, graduated with the engineering degree. And I'll tell you anybody out there watching, man, there is something about you know, maybe it's a little different. This was 20 years ago, 18 years ago. So at the time, you know, having that paper was huge, you know, getting out and, mm -hmm. and just be given yeah. the opportunity to excel uh, at a career or in some, you know, you know, corporate thing. Um, and I just took that the minute I got my job, I haven't looked back and I've excelled in my career. And then, you know, added a couple little side hustles in between, whether it be, you know, remodeling or now it's now it's been cornhole hardcore for like five years. So it's uh now we're on ESPN. It's crazy, Mish. <laughs> I know. Well, that's really interesting because I have I have the same feeling where like my childhood, my thought was, I don't want this. Like, yes, I, this will not be my life forever. Absolutely not. It's not an option. So I'm actually curious now to ask more people that question and see what they say, because I wonder if that's the theme is like you kind of take your hardships and you go, thanks for showing me what yeah. <laughs> like I got an office job when I was 16 like working like a typical eight to five, but after school and then eight to five during the summers. And because of that, I was like, I will never work an eight to five again in my entire life. Like yes. <laughs> I now know what that feels like and it's not happening for me. So interesting. So for both of you guys, kind of, was it a situation where you're like, okay, I'm going to make this change now. And then discipline took over building you guys confidence and making you stay motivated or was the confidence there first that I can do this. I'm going to become a better version of myself. Because, I mean, that's something I'm for struggling me, with right now at 41. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to get my shit together right now. Yeah, for me, it's weird. Like, discipline was never never an issue. Like, I don't know. Maybe we're just all built different. You no, know, for me, it was always like I always wanted to learn the next thing, and I always wanted to get to the next step. And there, there, I never looked back, and I never, like, had any reason – like excuses or discipline. I don't know. Just my mind was different. It was just always like looking, looking over the hill to the next and whatever got me there. You know, I felt like my life was just like baby steps. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, it's not like I had this goal. I'd never had a goal of being on ESPN <laughs> commentating cornhole. But Same. if you look at the series of events that got me there, it was just baby steps of me going, you know what? Hey, there's a challenge. I want to try and do that. Oh, I kind of learned that. I want to share that. I want to learn how to build a production 
You know, we were the first uh, in Mile, Mile High Cornhole in Colorado. We were one of the first clubs to have dual camera streams just because I was like, I think I can do this. You know, so I took, you know, the 10 hours of YouTube videos to learn how to do the software OBS and bought the equipment and got it running. And then it was like, oh, crap, I guess like I need to commentate in this thing. So then I just started talking. And I was like, I wasn't I wasn't happy with the way it was going. Now I want to I want to get better at the commentating. So then I started doing that. And then it was like, oh, I could share through cornhole science, I just made a brand. I was like, I think I can just share what I've learned. And then it was like, I wasn't happy with that. So I put more videos and more videos. So the baby steps to get there, I, I didn't have an end game. It just like, I think that it was just the steps led there just naturally. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was just weird. I think we found yeah. a rabbit hole to go in for the second part of this interview. Me. <laughs> I know totally. I was going to say for me, I think it came from, I cannot stand excuses. Like yeah. if when people act like victims and give excuses, it's my pet peeve. So I certainly couldn't be the person that did that. All right. We're gonna take a quick break and come back with more with Anthony. Ione. All right. We are back. And I think we opened up a can of worms, right? Wally. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to dive into this rabbit hole. Because th- <laughs> All right, go this ahead. Is the, this is the thing for me right now where Anthony and I kind of the similar pr- approach to this is, you know, I, I don't like this. I want to do something different or I want to do something better and I want to make it different than anybody else's life. Feeds. I get people in my inbox almost daily. How do you do this? How do you do that? And it's like, you mess up, you mess up, you mess up, you mess up, and then you get it right. And then you think, hey, I want to do something different next. So like, for you going back in your process, do you always go back and watch your film and, you know, kind of analyze yourself and break it down just like you break down other people's throws and then figure out what you're going to change next? Or do you have a broad idea of what you want the big picture to be and then try and figure out how to get there? Because for me, I already have the big picture of what I want. I just don't know how to get there yet. Thousand percent. Yeah, I'm a huge film guy. Um, I've already watched the ESPN broadcast three times. So, I you know, I'm looking, I'm looking for different things. I'm looking for, you know, first I'm looking for my piece and then I'm looking for how people react to that piece. You know, then I'm looking for how Mish did and then how maybe I can engage with her better, you know? So it's like every single time I look through it, I want, I want to pick something else out to be better. And then now I look at, I've never looked at NFL games or, uh, you know, NBA games or anything and yeah. really paid attention to the commentary. Um, I mean, I listened, but I've never really like just paid attention to commentary for the past. Yeah, yeah. For the past year, I've been watching sports to listen to the commentary. Cause now I'm like, what, what is he doing? Oh, he hasn't, an, he uses, he inflexes his voice at this time. Oh, I think I can implement something like that. Or, oh, I like the way that he kind of, you know, analyzed that. And I could probably do something similar in cornhole. So I analyze myself and then I look at other people and kind of just package it all up and say, how can, how can I make the overall experience? For cornhole better so yeah that's i'm huge I on that it's- i 100 relate to that because now i'm watching like the super bowl and they have a graphic pop up and a transition and oh yeah look i'm like i'm like oh i know how he did that i could do that one i could do that <laughs> yeah exactly I, like it. I think it all exactly. comes down to like everything you're saying anthony i don't necessarily do all that necessarily but i have a massive belief in myself and i think wally this is something that that really helps so anthony can you talk to like I guess, how did you manage to have such a, an incredible belief in yourself? Because you're like, I think I can do this. Well, not everybody has that thought. I think yeah. I can do this. So where do you think or how how can you help people get more of that? Yeah, that, that's Misha's getting deep. You know, Misha's got this uh, <laughs> psychology part going on here. Um, you know, 
so is this a confidence question? Like just how to, yeah, uh, it's confidence. So like for me, I feel like, and I tell my kids, this the same thing. Like, I think for me, I get my confidence from over preparation. Um, like even going back to school, if, if, if I have a speech the next day or some presentation in class and I practice it once, I'm going to stress out. I'm going to, I'm going to walk in with no confidence. So I'm the guy that practiced it 10 times in front of the mirror. You know, I just want to make sure. So I over practice, I over prepare so that I feel that like just anxiety and that stress go away from over preparation. Now, don't get me wrong. The first time I was on TV, um, I was freaking out, but I was really relying on the fact that I had run scripts through my head multiple times and I prepared for possible failure modes. We call it failure modes in engineering. Like, okay, if this goes wrong, how am I going to react? If David, the production guy, throws a graphic in front of me that I've never seen before, what possible graphics could he throw in front of me? So I'd go, he's definitely going to put something in front of me, Cheyenne Renner, Jamie Graham. So then I might just kind of organize some thoughts on those things. So for me, over preparation is confidence and it really helps to just shed some of those nerves, but those nerves still happen. Um, but <laughs> well, I think human. it would be a lot worse. I think it would be a lot worse without preparation. We're so opposite, Anthony. We couldn't be more opposite. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was impressed. I was impressed when you were uh, when we were going into the ESPN broadcast, and she's like, "Do you have? I, I'm doing some research. I'm going to try and prepare some stuff. Do you have something already written? Because I don't want to redo the same thing." I'm like, "All right, let's go, me. She's she's preparing. I love this." <laughs> That, I think we got to give a shout out to Trey, though, because of the team he's put together here. We all have different personalities and different approaches to things. So, yes, yeah. the ACL content team is kind of attacking it at all different angles. We got the content girls, they're doing their TikToks and they're entertaining me. I'm watching them every single day on TikTok and laughing. And you guys are applying a, you know, a professional approach to it on the broadcast. And I think I've talked to you about this before, Anthony. Like, that's not my strength. I think my strength is going to come from interacting with the chat quite a bit more. Yeah, and, you're really awesome with that, yeah. Yeah, and, and just, you know, commentating on that. But I, I noticed I got some weaknesses that I got to be more fluent with my approach and more confident whenever I'm speaking about certain aspects of the game. What's one thing that you want to change or improve on as you go throughout this season? Um, It's definitely working with Jeff. Uh, so, so long, I was a single commentator, you know, behind the boards with a phone, it's all me. So you're filling all that space with whatever. So I'm play by play on the bags. And I have this kind of rapid fire style incorporating cornhole science, you know, trying to predict shots, slick side, fast side, tilt bag. He's going to come with this. So I really fill all that like during bag toss. But when you get what, what I'm learning is, is when you get on the ESPN, Jeff McGarriger's the play-by-play guy. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that's supposed to be talking bag for bag for bag. I come in as the color guy. That's my role. And I just analyze what happened or, or speak to a big picture of what happened. So making sure I don't talk over Jeff, you know, giving him his space. I really think that that's where I, I need to work on. And, and that was what I was looking for first. When I was watching the broadcast back uh, the first time from this weekend, I was really looking at how did me and Jeff's handoffs work when he stopped talking and when I started talking I wanted to make sure that there was really clean transitions between those there were two times where we overspoke on each other and that was my fault like I get excited someone hits an airmail and I'm like bang he hits the airmail but then Jeff had already kind of came in at the same time and was like and he gets it so we both reacted at the same time now that might be okay but I feel as I'm watching football I realize the play-by-play guy reacts first then the color guy comes behind and he has the same inflection and the same excitement, but he, he did it 
at a different time. So it's staggered. Yeah. Exactly. So that that's definitely an area I can work. That's, that's really interesting. I, I feel like what you say you're good at, like filling all the time is the hard part. That's why we always joke about commentating with, the, with Anthony is so easy. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> just have to sit back and let him do his thing. And then everyone will be like, yep. Sure did. <laughs> well, like I said, I haven't had a chance to watch it, but you know, Trey and Jeff, they have their own approach. Are you going to try and get somewhat close to that? Or are you going to have your own little flair and your own thing to it? Because I, I don't get the impression that you and Jeff are going to pull off the same Trey and Jeff. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely want to have my own thing. And I've really been thinking about that. And at the end of the day, you know what it came down to is me just saying, I just need to be me. Yeah. You know, I, I, cause I'm already different than Trey and Jeff personality wise. So I'm like, just be you. I'm probably a little bit more, a little more slang, a little more, um, less formal. Um, but I think I have my own different style of excitement. So I'm like, you know what, just be you and let that come through. And I think that'll naturally be different than those two guys. Yeah, I've tried to, I've tried to mimic you and I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely can't do it. (laughs) I would not even try to be honest, but no, I definitely think that's the way to go. And also to build fanships, you know, I think it's important that we build fans for the players, but if we're going to be the content team and the commentators and the broadcast team, we want them to get used to us as well and to be invested in and to uh, get excited to hear how we interact as a team. And I think it's helpful, at least in this sport, that we all get to see each other so much and, and hang out and have personal relationships. And I think that will come across like, yeah, I know we're running out of time here, but do you think that there is something to say about the the closeness of this team and how that comes across the screen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we were living the Airbnb life, Wally, last week. We got really close. I mean, there were, <laughs> what, seven or nine of us in one house. Um, we did that in Winter Haven. It was awesome. I think we should yeah. do it again. Yeah, it actually worked out better than I thought. You know, when you first hear, you're like, oh, okay. We're all sharing bedroom, space. <laughs> seven people, eight people. Ah, how's that going to work? You know, my, my wife was coming, so I was more, I don't care. I'll sleep anywhere. Yeah, I don't same. care about that. Um, I was more worried, man, I hope my wife's getting, you know, I was like, Hey, so check this out. Uh, we're going to be in a VRBO. <laughs> um, so it actually turned out really good, but yes, I think that's important. Um, you know, hanging out and mingling at a, you know, informal, formal level. Cause when you get, when you get to the ESPN broadcast and this was a good weekend, a good example, Mish, there's a lot of chaos going on. The audio is not working. So people are at their limits, you know, they're, they might freak out for a minute, but if you have that friendship level and you know them on that level, you know, it doesn't bother you. You know, you're like, all right, he's just having his moment. Let's have him do his thing. We'll be good here when we get back, you know? So I think that's super important. Yeah. I can kind of relate to that because I went to South Carolina and I got to see Trey behind the scenes. We were kind of working on the equipment and some things just weren't working. And like, I think the first time I heard Trey cuss, I was like, He's a normal guy. All right. He, he, not start, he, doesn't, start, but, he doesn't cuss Wally. Oh, like, no, he airing all his dirty laundry out here. It caught me <laughs> off guard so bad. Whenever you get to working on technology with me and Trey, yeah, we're both cussing. But uh, before we close out here, Mish, I wanted to throw one quick personal question. I went out to Colorado one time for the uh, Armed Forces tournament, hung out with Anthony for a little bit. We played one game. He might not remember this because, you know, he's big-time celebrity, ACL, former. <laughs> player, so. we, played, we played one game, Mish. Who do you think won that game and what was the score? Anthony, uh, I don't even remember. Just a singles game between you two? Yep. 
well, the way you're saying it makes me think you, but I don't see how. I have to say Anthony, and I have to say, um, <laughs> let's go 23 to 5. No, so Anthony was throwing the all slides. He was kind of working on perfecting his all-around game, throwing the faster bags. It was kind of a game where we both started kind of like feeling each other out and seeing what we could do, but Anthony got me 21-20. <laughs> my man's is oh, real. Oh, 21-20. My, my man's I, is I real. I scripted it perfect, Misha. I'm like, I yeah. want this game to be close. So I kept yeah. him hanging in there and then bang, hit him at the end. <laughs> yeah, so I, want, I want to play him with carpet and me playing with slinkies. We'll get this underway. So. Oh, yeah, I love it. Right. Uh, Anthony, it was so awesome to hang out with you uh, this past weekend and, and here during our show. Uh, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. You guys do an awesome job on the show. I'm, I don't miss a show. So uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, brother.